Will is the type of wheelchair that I have, and it's a more robust power wheelchair. And then I'm in, I'm sitting in Little Willow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've got two wheelchairs in my house right now. We call them Will and Little Willow. Jen came up with Little Willow. Because it's like Willow Smith. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the daughter to, to, big, to big Willie, Free Willie. Welcome to Free Willing with Carden of Milk. I'm Carden Wyckoff, global disability advocate and a wheelchair warrior. This podcast shares stories of people with various disabilities and shines a new light on accessibility topics. Our goal is to knock down barriers so we can roll through life a little easier and build a community to do this together. We welcome you on our journey towards equality for all. Today, I have my sister, Virginia Wyckoff. Hey, hey everyone. In the house. In the house. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to talk today about what it is like for a sibling to have a disability and what that has been like for you. I really, I've actually never heard your journey. Um, yeah, we've never, I mean, we've never we've talked talk- about it in bits and pieces, but yeah, nothing like a full on interview. Yeah. We've never really been like, Cardin, I hate that you have a disability. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. don't though. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. But I really just want to hear how a disability in general has changed your perspective and your outlook on life and how you've been such a great sister to me. Aww, thanks, sissy. Yeah, no, it, it hasn't, I haven't hated, I haven't hated most parts of it. I mean, some parts are really, really awful and it's the times when you fall. Mm-hmm. And the, the slow progression when things start clicking in your brain. Oh, wow. Okay. This is different for her. This is something that she's going to have to adjust to from here on out because it's getting worse. But then there are also just so many amazing things that have come from it. Um, I love, I remember when you, when you got your wheelchair, this will. And I just, I felt like you lit up. You, you had a new sense of, (laughs) you had a new sense of freedom. You had, Mm. you had joy again. You were Mm. able to go out and do things on your own. Like you gained independence from accepting sitting down. No, it's so true. And for those of you that aren't sitting next to us, so Will is the type of wheelchair that I have and it's a more robust power wheelchair. And then I'm in, I'm sitting in Little Willow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've got two wheelchairs in my house right now. We call them Will and Little Willow. Jen came up with Little Willow. Because it's like Willow Smith. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the daughter to, to, big, to big Willie, free Willie. <laughs> but I wanted to know, when did it kind of, as you're my baby sister, you're three years younger than me. <laughs> when did it kind of kick in your brain that, Oh, she has an, it, she has something that's wrong with her or this is getting worse or, you know, whatever it was. And did that ever I feel happen? Like, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there were, I, I can't think of any particular moment right now. It's always been just new steps of life for you. Like you have experienced so many different styles of living. Mm-hmm going from being a fully abled child to running, jumping, lifting your hands above your head, uh, playing sports to, um, accepting braces. That was a, that was probably a bigger thing for me. It's when you mentioned you put these insults into your shoe and they, they help lift your foot. It was Mm -hmm. your foot drop. That was probably the first big moment for me. Now it's coming. And, um, 
after, after that, you know, wasn't even as successful or what the, the foot drop braces were successful for, I don't even know how many years, but they lasted Mm -hmm. for a while and they had their own problems along with them too, them snapping and breaking on you or just being uncomfortable or just people asking and you having to talk out your disability to other people, you know, you're being put on a stage right there. You've had time to practice how you conduct yourself in front of people in so many different ways. And when the foot braces weren't working anymore, you went into a scooter and it was right after you graduated from, from college and you moved into, um, what's his name? Leo's. Leo's house. Oh my gosh. That pilot. Yeah, he was such a fun guy. I liked him. Yeah. And I was so proud. I was so proud of you. I remember Thank you. you you posted something like this has been sitting in my house for a week. Like you just weren't going to do it. And it I'd never true. seen, I'd never seen that picture of you before. I didn't know. I never asked of how long it sat in my house for. Yeah. Yeah. It sat in my house for a few months. <laughs> um, months. Yeah. So okay. I bought a scooter and after I graduated college, I was, it was more challenging for me to walk. And my doctor said, it's time to get an assistive device with wheels on it. So that you can improve your quality of life. And I bought a scooter. I went to a seating clinic, got a scooter, and it was ugly and I hated it. <laughs> Hot red, and, right? <laughs> something like that. And I was like, I want nothing to do with it. And I just left it in my house for a few months. But I remember that day that I took it out for a spin and it totally transformed my mind and my life. So yeah. I was like, wow, I can actually go all the way to the end of the cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. not have to worry about steps and distance. And Shoot, now look at you. You've been across the freaking world. <laughs> like your mindset has just only grown mm-hmm. of your possibilities. And it's so inspiring to watch. Thank you. It really is. Seeing all of the things that you're doing now, how active you are, how many meetings you go to, there's always, there's always something you want to do. Thanks. Thanks, sissy. <laughs> it really, it is. That's I love spending time with you because I just I learn so much from you. Well, thanks. You really have been a fantastic and just loving and all empowering older sister. Oh, <laughs> y'all, my sister's incredible. Just you wait. <laughs> Thank you. If this isn't enough to start with. Just wait. We got big plans. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Here we come. But I really wanted to focus on some of the incredible things that you've done and the growth opportunities that you have had. Tell me about some of the things that you have accomplished. Hint, hint, mm. piggybacking, hint, hint, walk and roll. <laughs> piggybacking, what? <laughs> and I just want to say thank you so much for being such an amazing support system because without you, we wouldn't have been able to accomplish these incredible things. Maybe. I mean... I'm sure it would have gotten done by you. You would have just taken the reins anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, last year, uh, Jack Gerblick, the Atlanta chapter director of the FSH Society, reached out to me and asked me to be the leader of the first ever annual walk and roll that they were going to start in Atlanta. And these types of events were happening across the United States already. There was probably about four. I don't, I don't remember how many there were, but these startups were first year out. And then this was the second year that they were saying, okay, now it's time to find other people in different cities to put on these events 
spread the word, spread awareness, raise money, generate funds for research. And I just thought it was incredibly well done. The amount of effort and, um, personal personalization to each city, the walk and roll package that they gave you to plan out, okay, this is how you handle this particular situation. This is what you need to be doing when you're looking for a venue. This is what you need to be doing six weeks out, four weeks out. Like they had so many things in place already to make it exciting to step up and do. So tell us a little bit, what is a walk and roll for those who don't know? Oh, um, a walk and roll is a community, a community event that brings people together to celebrate those with muscular FSH muscular dystrophy. It's a way to, inform the community of what's going on, who, who the people are in your city that's has this particular disease and how you can help, how you can learn to be better about, um, speaking about disabilities. It, it's teaching you how to adjust to different perspectives of people living different lives. And we get to walk together, walk and roll together down the beautiful Roswell boardwalk. Um, and be a community. Yeah. And I just want again to say thank you so much for putting that on. And it was incredible watching you as Mm -hmm. a human and as my little sister just grow from that because you were the one in 20, 2018 that said, I'm going to take this on and I have no idea what I'm doing or what I'm signing up for, but I'm going to plan an entire event and tell me the successes that you had with that event. Wow. This, this year was fantastic. Honestly, <laughs> if I might brag a bit, I, I brag about see, yourself. I didn't see the other <laughs> ones, but we <laughs> nailed this one on the head and then put five others in the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. it was incredible how much money was raised. We raised $55,000 for FSH muscular dystrophy. We were the large, we were the largest, uh, we were the city that raised the most amount of money. That was the first year that they were putting it on. Mm-hmm. Number one. Look what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I could not have gotten there without a tremendous amount of help though. Yeah. I felt like sometimes, most of the time in the beginning, I wasn't even leading the thing. I, w- I, I had no sense of direction or knowing, you know, what I need to be doing right now. Uh, event planning is a incredible skill and shout out to those that do it for a living, <laughs> mm-hmm. having to manage more than one even, but yeah. we pulled together really well in the end. I feel like I felt a lot better or I feel a lot better when I'm under pressure, when I know something is coming up and I'm having, and I have a deadline and I have people relying on me to step up my game. When I have that type of pressure, I feel more motivated to put my best foot forward. And in the end, I felt like I really did that, especially come event day. I was on fire. Well, what an incredible event that you put on. And again, thank you so much for all that you've done for it. Would you do it again? (laughs) Maybe. I, I would con- I would consider doing it again, but right now, no. Sure. Yeah. We all have a time and place for our passions. Agreed. Yeah. And then I need to find a place to live first. <laughs> Come on. I need to learn how to get a job that pays more than 11 an hour. <laughs> um, I love my job, Starbucks. 
Yeah. But also tell me about, I know we've done just a small little hiking trip. Just a small. Just a small one. Just a small one. Only 82 miles. 82 miles. (laughs) And then we did a few Spartan races. Yeah. Tell me what that was like, um, you know, carrying me on your back, what that was like for you as an individual. What did you learn from it? Honestly, I feel like the Spartan races ended up being harder than the actual AT walk that we did mm-hmm. because because of the different obstacles that we had every few minutes. With the Appalachian Trail, it's it's just a hilly. <laughs> uh it's just a hilly walk, you know. We're not encountering having to throw bow and arrows and <laughs> uh 50,000 burpees. Every time you can't complete something or fall over, you pick yourself back up and you keep going on the trail. But in the Spartan races, you got to make up for it somehow. It's like they punish you. Right. But we powered through two of them. You guys did we three, did. though. We right? did two. You did two? I was there. Okay. You weren't Y'all there did for the first two. One. I wasn't there for the first year. Yeah. That was... That really excited me. That was a big start for the piggyback adventure uh, brand that we're trying to create now. And it's just getting bigger and larger, uh, uh, larger following base too. all of the staff that we have for Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't know if I'm supposed to mention that. (laughs) Um, We can edit stuff out anyway. Um, But the, the Spartan races were where it began. And then it was just a matter of how can we do more for you? How can we give you experiences that you wouldn't have been able to do on your own? Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love that. And that what incredible memories that we've made together. Definitely. Because of both you and Spencer Spencer's my brother for being able to. Our brother. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Goodness. <laughs> Both you. I'm adopted, folks. Yeah. Adopted. <laughs> Both you and Spencer are brother. Um, uh, it just, the memories that we've created together with those experiences are the highlights of my life. Mine too. I mean, we got matching tattoos because of this. That is true. So we I both have matching tattoo. mountain tattoos. Mountain range tattoos. Mountain range tattoos. It's and the peaks that we climbed. It's the seven peaks of Georgia that we climbed on the Appalachian Trail. And the tallest one on our on my wrist and her forearm is Blood Mountain. Blood Mountain. And the little reference mark we say is Mount Yona. This little one. Yeah. It's far away. Which I just hiked for the first time, uh, like two months ago. That was a gr- oh, that made me so excited to get on the trail again. I missed it. You missed hiking, so oh, I missed you, it. Yeah. So you climbed Mount Yona and then realized that you missed hiking and yeah, being on the trail. I missed being on the trail. The it memories so, that we've made. Yeah, like I was saying earlier. I mean, it, when you're out on when you're out on the trail, time is an illusion. You're you're stressful life that goes on in your tiny bubble, but it feels like everything to you Mm -hmm. just gets infinitely smaller. For me, being as religious as I am, it just brings me so much peace 
away from my anxiety, away from dark thoughts, even away from feeling sad. I I really just, when I'm out on the trail, when I'm hiking, I feel accomplished. I'm moving, I'm being active. I, you know, they say you're in tune with nature. And when you get to the top and you just look around at the vastness and how gorgeous your, your view that you have right now, that you had a chance to see this, that everything here was created by God. It just really humbles you. It does. And I remember even coming home, you know, when you're on the trail, you have a backpack for that long too. Yeah. We for, no, for nine, nine days, days, nine days on the trail. And I remember just, you have a backpack and it has one pair of socks, your life, one pair of underwear, one pair of clothes, and that's it. And you have some squirrel snacks. All right. Don't, che- don't pretend like you didn't have seven pairs of leggings <laughs> and five jackets because you had so to layer, <laughs> you had to layer up for everything. You, I put double socks on you. <laughs> Okay. Double everything. It was cold. I was cold. (laughs) It was very cold. That first day was so hard. I, I really, I'd had doubts in my mind that we were even going to make it through that day. But then I just had to put you on my back and we carried you. I carried you up for a mile. I showed those boys up. I said, excuse me, sir. This is how you do it. (laughs) I remember one dude. And this is no you know, yeah, we're not, we're, we're poking not magic. fun. We're poking fun. Yeah. Um, the guy girl power. Yeah. It was just really <laughs> empowering total woman power to watch you just totally crush these dudes. <laughs> I did carry me. I got strong. A mile. <laughs> you got like thick two C's. <laughs> if you could give advice to, as a sibling to another sibling with a disability, what would that be? Show more patience. Why so? Because you don't experience the same life that I do. No one in our, no one around me experiences the life that I do. No one has the same amount of abilities that I do. No one has the same thoughts that I do. So putting yourself into someone else's shoes and showing them grace when they mess up because I mess up. Most of the things that we do throughout our daily life that piss us off, we have done to other people. Mm-hmm. So. Have patience. Have patience. Have grace. Patience is key in everything that you do because if you're able to pause and reflect rather than be reactive, you live a much higher vibe life. Mm-hmm. That's a seven habits of highly effective people trait. Is it? Mm-hmm. That from your uh, workshop that you did? Yeah. How to pause and reflect rather than react mm-hmm. and you're much a part more... of maturing too. Cause yeah. I was highly reactive. And when I was in high school, it's easy to react when anything is going wrong, especially when you don't understand the situation. That's the first thing. Yeah. Or most people I would say is, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to react Rah, rage face at you. And then you end up putting the other person down. So most build, of the time build more, Love spread. I like to say, I like to say patience is a muscle. You have to work on it constantly to be good at it. You have to choose to as well. You have to choose to Mm -hmm. work on it because when you choose to work on patience, then it becomes a part of you. 
What is one way that I having a disability, looking at the disability mindset, what is one way that I can be better for you? Mm -hmm. I feel like the things that I would have said to you a year ago are not the things that I would say now because I'm single for the first time in forever. (laughs) And we have been spending so much more time together. And Mm -hmm. I, I think if I had problems with you, it's because I have a lack of communication with you. And recently we've gotten really close and we've been spending so much more time together, time that I cherish time for us to learn about each other and love on each other. And I wasn't making that choice before I wasn't creating that time and that space to spend with you. Well, thank you. It's been wonderful getting to spend so much <laughs> time go, with you. Let's go to Little Trouble tonight. <laughs> okay, we're going to Little Trouble tonight on a Monday night. No problem. <laughs> well, great. Thank you so much, Virginia, for spending time. When do you ever call me Virginia? Me? Um, in your official name now. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ginger Cat Wooly. <laughs> Let me call you by your real name, Wooly. That's what I call my sister because she has. A lot of hair. (laughs) In all the right places, though. It's only on my head, okay? (laughs) (laughs) She has very um, wavy, poofy hair. And so I call her Wooly Mammoth. It's beautiful. Poofy means beautiful. Very beautiful, long, bleach blonde hair. Not bleach. Blonde. It could be a lot whiter. It's very blonde. But it's very bright. It's bright and luxurious. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Monet. Sponsor me. Voluptuous and voluminous. (laughs) Well, thank you for thank. I almost called you Virginia again. <laughs> Thanks, Gingy Cat, for being here. I love you lots. I love you too, sis. Bye. Let's go. I was so thankful to have my sister in the house talking and sharing her story. What it's like to be the sibling of someone who has a disability, and I think there's a lot that goes unsaid with the amount of patience and offering of support that she does for me that I don't even think we really fully touched on. And it's the things like when she comes over and she picks me up and, you know, helps button my pants or helps put on my jacket or helps do the dishes or something, whatever is left in my sink or folds the towels or, you know, it's those little things that I don't, I think, appreciate as much as I should that make my life a little easier. And those small little things is what I think any sibling of someone who has a disability or even a friend of someone with a disability, especially a physical disability, when it's a challenge for them to do certain tasks, daily functions of living, such as cleaning, bathing, um, folding laundry, sweeping. I mean, there's so many things that are very physically exhausting on me, and it really helps when they just automatically do them for me because it it's hard for me and it's getting a lot harder for me to do those things. So I can't be more thankful to my entire family that is so supportive and helps out in those small, but very mighty ways. I think a lot of times we take for granted what it's like and the physical labor it takes to cook, to clean, to get dressed, to shower, to 
you know, get ready in the morning. It takes a long time. And for me, and I am a little slow, right? And so anything that they can do to help, I'm always so thankful for it. My ask is that if you are a sibling with someone with a disability, maybe you probably already know this, but anything that you can do to do those little tasks to go out of your way will really help in tremendous ways. It's always important if you don't have that relationship with the person to ask before you help. Some people don't want help and they feel like they can do it all themselves. But if you have the relationship with someone where, you know, they're okay with lending their help, I would just ask to make it more of a conscious effort because those little things don't go unnoticed. As always, there's transcripts in the notes. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or topics for next week, feel free to text me at 470-588-1215 and subscribe to your favorite listening app. See you next week.